And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hulk. What's up, everybody? It is the Big Hulk. I'm coming at you from Colorado. It is a great state uh, in the mountains here. Uh, not a lot of air, but hey, I'm glad to be here with you sleep and uh, excited about the pod. You're in the bunker, dude. You look like you're in a bunker in there with your you know, uh, G.I. Joe shirt on and the wood wood ceiling. A <laughs> um, lot to get into again. You know, I hope you guys dude. I listened to the last episode just on a road trip. Damn, we should do that again. We should just run that back. Open some more cars and talk about Italy some more. God knows there's there's more stories to tell, but we're not going to do that to our audience. Uh, go check out that episode if you haven't already. But NBA has been just a shit show for the last week. Uh, free agency started, what, Thursday? Friday? Friday night, 6 p.m. Friday night, 6 p.m. Just start getting alerts left and right. All kinds of stuff happening. People going, largely people staying in place, which I thought was weird. But we're going to get into that. And just in general, the amount of money flying around is absurd in mm-hmm. some cases. Big Hawk and I, we're going to give you who we think are good signings and bad signings. Um, and then just kind of keep you up to speed as much as we can with who's going where uh, and who's staying put. Obviously, Damian Lillard's been in the news. Just God just requested a trade. Didn't see that coming. That's that's a weird situation. We'll talk through that. James Harden is the other mm-hmm. guy that's still a big big piece. It looks like he's still going to get moved. Uh, a couple teams, Rockets and Suns, seem like they're just buying everybody. We'll talk about that. Ricky Fowler won today as we're recording. Uh, shout out to BDR, man. Dude hadn't won in forever. Dude hadn't won since I won, which ain't, ain't, ain't uh, very frequent, but happy for that guy because everybody loves him. I mean, it is about the – lowest rung PGA tour event I've ever heard of, but Hey, wins <laughs> win. We'll get into the UNC free agent updates. You know, we got HB Harrison Barnes, we got Cam Johnson, we got Kobe white, all doing some big deals and so on and so forth. Before we get started, dude, before I, I was, I was trying to drum up something, man. And I stumbled upon this great debate on the internet. Do you put ketchup in the fridge or do you leave it like in the cabinet or closet or something? I'll leave it in the uh, fridge. Oh, okay. And I'm hot. When First you say all, you leave it wanna, in the, I was like, no way, dude. No way this guy puts, you got to be a serial killer to put ketchup in, not in the fridge after you use it. But but sleep, I'm going to start doing it. And I have not read uh, whether <laughs> you should put ketchup in the fridge or not. But it has been an internal debate. And every time I open up my fridge, I'm like, why do I have the ketchup in here? And the reason I say that is because every time I go to a restaurant, the packets never in the fridge. They never put ketchup in the fridge. And I've never understood why I put the ketchup in the fridge. Uh, what, what do you do? I Always in the fridge, dude. My mom, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. dude, my mom was a health inspector, which, and I bet she was the type of health inspector that rolled up in there and was like, yo, do you ain't got a hairnet on? Minus one. It's like, bro, this is a freaking McDonald's, man. We were, you know, places that don't normally wear hairnets. I, that was, she would, she would hold you to the leather law, but we've always just put ketchup and all condiments and everything in, in the refrigerator, dude. And I don't understand anything else, any other place to put it behind. So this is the, 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 apparently there was this big debate on Twitter, of course, and this is where debates just you know, are born and die. Um, and Heinz got into this like Twitter thing and they posted this poll and t- Heinz says for the record, ketchup goes in the fridge. Wow. But they uh, put a poll out 
13,000 people voted, which I would have thought it would have been a lot more because, I, I mean, that's just certainly something I would take the time to click on. 63.2% of people um, put it in the fridge. But that means there's 36.8% of people that put ketchup on the shelf when they're done with it. And it says, like to your point, some Twitter users voiced their distaste for cold ketchup, pointed out that ketchup bottles are stored at room temperature on tables at restaurants. Other users didn't understand the need for the beta certain once the ketchup bottle is open, it belongs in the refrigerator. So it basically is, Heinz said, hey, because there's natural acidity, this is a quote, Heinz ketchup is shelf stable, but refrigerate after opening to, quote, maintain product quality. So, and I mean, all right, here's a sub question. How long, I mean, I've, how long do you, do you, do you ever look at ketchup and be like, mm, that's been in there a while. Might time to get a new bottle. I do. I look at every, well, sleep. I try to, I try to keep up with it. You go by the born on date? Yeah, I go best sell by whatever it is. Uh-huh. And, uh, and um, I, I look at the, these ketchups and these other things. And when the other day, I just like went to my seasoning cabinet and I looked in here and I look, oh, this expired in 2021. <laughs> Threw it out. And I just started throwing out about five things. And I said, okay, that's it. I spent enough time because I didn't want to go down a rabbit hole of just like, all right, now I got to start looking everywhere. So I just grabbed a few items like, oh, these are all expired. Boom, boom, boom. And uh, I do look at that. I definitely look at the dates. But I will say I have never been to a restaurant where there's been ketchup out that hasn't been stored in a refrigerator that I've been like, you know what? The quality on that is just not up to like it's what, what's going on. Put it in the fridge and the packets. I think the packets are the stupidest thing. How many packets do you take if you actually going to eat a bunch of fries? It's got to be in excess of at least eight packets because they do not put a lot of ketchup uh-uh. in those little packets. Uh-uh. So I request a water cup when I go and I go right to the pump. I actually start grilling it. <laughs> the ketchup. And when I go to Five Guys, which is my favorite burger, uh-huh. you know they just throw they, oh, they yeah. will just they will hemorrhage fries at you. Yeah. And so anybody that orders a large fry at Five Guys, there's something wrong with you. It's always <laughs> you go small. to the cardiologist. God, right God now. Almighty, dude. And I will take the little peanut uh, <laughs> things that they put over the there. Little peanut boat. Yeah. I will load that up with ketchup and then leave. I'm not about to get the little bitty old things. And, <laughs> 15 times is you're right though and it's weird though ketchup is one of those things where you see the water start to come up on the top of it that's when you're like eh. but other than that dude like nobody looks at ketchup and the mustard it's like you just use that shit for four or five years and then uh-huh. then, then if you're like damn i mean that ketchup bottle they didn't change the label they redesigned the heinz label since i bought this bottle of ketchup like maybe you get a new bottle i'm with you on all this other stuff though right like Eventually, my wife should do just be science experiments. It's just like a, a petri dish in our refrigerator uh, half the time. So yeah, I, I'm kind of the guy that's going to go through and 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 sort through the born on dates. But yeah, ketchup is one of those things that just always. I don't even. I'm not a big ketchup guy. Like I, I actually prefer fries. Like just what do you call it? Just straight up, dude. I don't even just like them raw. Plain. Yeah, salt, salt me, and that's it. Um, I mean, I'll eat ketchup. I don't dislike ketchup. If I'm gonna eat a hot dog, which is weird, I don't I don't do many hot dogs. I love hot dogs, but I mean, I read somewhere one time you ain't supposed to have more than two of those a year. 
Um, yeah, you can mow down hot dogs. You get, you know, a couple brewskis in you. Uh, but yeah, I'll do, I, I'm like, I'll do, I'll do mustard on a hot dog and leave off the ketchup. And I'll take ketchup. Like if you go someplace where it's like ketchup, mustard, and that's your option. I'm like, all right, fine. But a mustard guy. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on the mustard. I like, I prefer mustard. But the one thing is most ketchup bottles, you can see the ketchup. Mm. But you can't see the mustard. Why is why? Why can't we look at the the mustard? Then we could shake it up. Uh, if there's the liquid, is it just liquid on the top mm-hmm. part of it? Then we can just know that we're going to shake it up. Because when I do put, I put mustard on most like uh, you know cheeseburgers and stuff like that. I, and then sometimes I'll just get the straight liquid. Mm, that ain't nothing worse than we're getting it, on the bun too. Yeah, uh, I don't like that. God I wish bless. I could see the the mustard so I knew to shake it up or yeah. just start shaking it every time I do the mustard. You Maybe ever put mustard on a sausage biscuit? Not yet. Cheat code. I'm telling you, dude. I I'm, think, going, I'm, I'm definitely doing that I'll next change time. Life. I'll change your life. Go on a Hardee's and throw a little, one, one mustard packet right on there. I'm telling you, man. It's, uh, it's I don't know. That's some old school 80s shit right there anyway we nice. just talked we just talked about mustard and ketchup for 10 minutes on the pod that's gotta be a record that's, Dude, that's how you get through egg, summer sausage egg and cheese biscuit that was my go-to uh in school every once in a while i hit it again suttons and then actually there's a store the general store in sax mahal that has very good sausage egg and cheese biscuits uh you can never go wrong with the bojangles where's snacks uh, and my paul, my paul. Sax Mahal. Now I'm confused. It's about 40, 30 minutes from Chapel Hill. All right. But uh, what's that one place? Sunrise Biscuits? Oh, yeah. Sunrise is a chicken biscuit, though, man. You can't go to Sunrise and get some. I mean, some people are sausage, egg, and cheese in it at Sunrise, but, dude, they take fried chicken and just pull a good part off the bone and slap it on a biscuit. And it's just like, bro. And usually, if you're in that drive-thru, that is like... A life raft because you are in there fighting for your life in that line. It, you know, yeah, you, you're not backing out of that. <laughs> one. Yeah, not to mention, you probably about eight hundred white claws deep the night before. Just like yo, just oh. give it to me. Um, <laughs> interesting choice that you go to a place like you know some. I, I know whatever, man. I've never even had a sausage egg and cheese from. Because uh, I was talking to somebody about this today. I go to a place. If you got one thing I like, I'm very unlikely to choose something else ever. Like I'm creature yeah. habit, dude. I'm going to get the same thing that I liked last time. And if it's good again, I'm going to get it again and so on and so forth. And if it ever ceases to be good, I cease to return. I don't try anything new. Um, but yeah, dude, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I was always McDonald's sausage biscuit. God knows what it's made out of. I mean, holy shit, man. It's probably made out of whatever, some sort of waste byproduct, right? But I, mean, mm-hmm. I grew up on those things. And I remember what's really crazy is if you haven't in a long time, you do the, uh, what do they call the thing with the, 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 the pancakes and the eggs and then the sausage dude. Man, with the syrup and oh, the, uh, dude. the, oh, dude, that is a, that is so good. That's, it is yeah, about as up, good. It has every literal element that is unhealthy about it is, is turned <laughs> up to a thousand. So the sausage is like, gnarly greasy right the eggs are just like dust the pancakes are just you know they came out of some sort of microwave and that syrup dude is like if it were 
if you dropped one more grain of sugar in that syrup, it would turn back to sugar again. Like the whole thing would just become <laughs> flat out like table sugar. It is so damn sweet. It's like fructose or glucose or whatever it's called toast. It'll put you make you comatose. You eat one of those things. And there's about 8,000 calories. What is it? It has a name though. I got to Google this. I can't remember the name. I ain't had one in so long. I used to mow those things down as kids. Man, I, I haven't, I didn't eat at McDonald's for years. And then I was randomly somewhere in a rush and I needed to eat breakfast and I pull in there and I was, I ordered it by accident. Big breakfast. I took my first with hot cakes. Sorry. Oh, <sighs> hot cakes. Amazing. Uh, but I remember when I took my first bite of that sandwich is about a year ago, I was like, Holy hell, what is this? This is a, this is amazing. Hey, if you're listening out there and you haven't tried this from McDonald's, just go do it. You don't care about your health. Go eat it. Guys, it's amazing. I am on here. All right. A big breakfast with hot cakes. You get in th- the butter, dude, the butter at this place and the hash brown. You can just feel the grease. Like you get a, fo- a film on the roof of your mouth after eating that hash brown. I could eat 80 <laughs> of them hash browns. And dude, the butter is like, you know, they give you four. Speaking of how many do you get? You get one for each pancake. And it's like, it's like spreading just a cloud on a cloud. I mean, they're so soft. There are 1,340 calories in a big breakfast with hotcakes. I'm curious to know, like, a large pepperoni pizza calories. Sleep, I've also got to bring this up because I really did like the biscuits and gravy growing up from Hardee's. I really thought that was a, a really good breakfast Hardee's? as well. Hardee's. Oh, hell yeah. They used to sell, I mean, they used to just give you an unlimited amount of uh, of gravy, and they had a little sausage in there. Then you had your biscuits. Just really good back in the day. Gosh, that was a good breakfast. I just I just Googled how much is in a one large pepperoni original crust Papa John's pizza. There are 2,560 calories in a pizza. 104 grams of fat. I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what. Okay, let's see. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) They have this thing where you can like look at like right here. Oh, the calorie king. Huh, this is interesting. Probably don't ever want to look at this website again. (laughs) So they have, uh, there is 240% of your daily value of saturated fat. In one pizza. Now, should you eat the whole pizza? Probably not, but I can come close mm-hmm. if I'm just really I, feeling it. Sodium. I'm with you. 6,480 mm-hmm. milligrams of sodium. I don't even know how much. 80, 240, there's 80% of your daily value of cholesterol. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, Papa John's pizza is twice as bad as a big breakfast, but 1,340 calories, dude. And they should they bring you this thing on a little styrofoam plate and it ain't that big. It ain't the size of my laptop. Maybe half Taft the size Melton. of my laptop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. You're getting you're getting, you're getting like the best yes. part is you're getting melted styrofoam in that last pancake. <laughs> Cause it is just straight nuked. Two hundred what is it? Boiling water is two hundred and twelve degrees. Well, these some bitches are two eleven and pushing it. <laughs> So anyway, at your own risk. Good God almighty, dude. And and to think this is the type of shit we grew up on. Now I see kids and they're like eating fruit 
and you know chewing on like granola bars dude we were eating fruit by the foot which was oh yeah that was know? i remember though those are, that was amazing fruit roll-ups um, were like so sticky dude i had the fruit roll-up back long before fruit by the foot where you know the branding on the box wasn't even they didn't even have a cartoon character on it you know what i mean this is pre pre-marketing i i was a big gushers guy oh, big you remember time. those oh yeah hard oh, to beat them yeah, those were amazing. Fruit by the Foot were was really good. Um, but don't even get me started on nowadays, like the gluten-free, vegan-free movement. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've said this before. Like, listen, some things should just be common sense. Like, hey, listen, um, you know, like, I, I understand there's – I don't know. Never mind. I mean, <laughs> yeah, all natural. Yeah, all yeah, we should all probably all just marketing. eat salads a lot more is really part of it. But, you know, I mean, damn, that 2,500-calorie pizza, you, I mean, there's a football game on. There's something about it, man. It's just, it just tastes better. But you got to you gotta really work to burn that shit. And then, and then, okay, this is what the crazy part is, and that's pizza. Guys, we were supposed to get into all this other shit. This was one question that turned into this. <laughs> you get the Papa John's pizza, it's 2,500 calories, and then they give you damn drawn butter to dip it in oh the dip the dip in papa john's is superb oh my but god see, um what's the place that has the um the cheese in the crust oh that's pizza hut stuffed crust pizza pizza hut. oh yeah yo pizza hut is a to me was my personal favorite growing up i personal pans were amazing uh i would order three of them demolish them all uh but the game changer was the uh, the cheese in the crust. That was uh, amazing to me. And also the cinnamon sticks. Don't sleep on that. Follow it up, and then you dip it into the uh, the icing. Whew. Good grief. Now I'm looking at Pizza Hut. Wow. Mm. Here we go. Nutrafox. There's all kinds of these websites. All right. What is saying helpful? One pizza. Holy shit. 25.67. That's a stuffed crust. 14 inch stuffed crust pizza. Just tipping the scales. 273% of your average daily value of saturated fat. And somehow, dude, somehow doesn't have trans fat. Like, what is trans fat? Because you look at the most unnutritious foods in the world and you're hard pressed to find any. To have trans mm-hmm. fat. Now, here's another thing. I'm in this other website, dude. There's a lot of positives about a stick, uh, a stuffed crust pizza, dude. You you scroll down a little further. It's got 172 percent of your daily value of calcium, vitamin A, 122 percent riboflavin, 240 percent. I guess that's B2, B12. Once so, damn, dude. Vitamin B. 252 percent zinc, 127 iron, 106. So it sounds like. <laughs> If you eat this thing, you're going to get sick to your stomach, but you're not going to get sick. You're not going to catch a cold because it's got all these no. vitamins in it. Well, sleep Hell, there's vitamin C, 32% of your daily value of vitamin C in a pepperoni pizza. Like, where the fuck does the vitamin C come yes, from? Go, go eat these things. This is <laughs> Guys. Uh, Sleep, I used to eat a pizza the night before a game, oh. every single game in college. Because oh, you didn't know that. I did and not a few know that. years in the NBA until I was just like, there's too many pizzas to try to eat because we play 82 games in a season. So, uh, Bro, yeah, I, I did. Portnoy's yeah. got the damn presidential uh, uh, health care team following him around, dude. I didn't realize pizza was that unhealthy. 
that really is an eye opener. Oh, sleep dog, man. I've been I've been hitting the road. I've been doing some some jogging, trying to get trying to lose some wow. lbs, man. And um, I ate pizza the other night, and that's probably why I ran ten miles and didn't lose any weight. But um, damn, dude, I'm telling you, that's heavy pizza every night dude if i ate a pizza right now if i ate a pizza before bed tonight i'd I, i'd be out of commission tomorrow i always feel like crap oh, i dude, mean but it's so good i love pizza yeah it is anyway it so, weighs yeah, on me now guys put your ketchup in the fridge uh nba <laughs> trade or uh free agency just been almost as wild as the calorie content of of a pizza um everybody going everywhere and 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 a lot of players that were rumored to be on the move, you know, Draymond Green comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, you know several others. A lot of guys stayed put, which mm-hmm. I thought was was really interesting. Um, the only two big names that are really still out in the open are, are Harden and Lillard. But um, just some of the money going around is insane. But before we start to talk about that more broadly. Let's get into our good and the bad, all right? Give, okay. Give me, I don't know, give me two or three of your, of your uh, the, who you think were the best signings in free agency. So uh, right now I have Brooke Lopez, two years, 48 million, going back to Milwaukee. I think he's... Uh, I think he's actually gotten better, even though uh, he's getting older in his career. He is a guy uh, who has a lot of experience and also uh, gives you an outside shooting presence. He is a very good three-point shooter, but also has a lot of uh, defensive uh, length and contest shots. Uh, He's been a really good player for Milwaukee, and I think he's another piece that they can continue to build and also put them in good position uh, for a championship run with – with Giannis. So I think that was a good signing. And then my next one is Harrison Barnes. Uh, I think that Sacramento got a pretty good deal from him. And, you know, we've talked about this and you've said this. I, I agree with you. I think he's an underrated player. Uh, I think he, uh, he can do a little bit of everything. He can guard, he can shoot. He has a lot of skill and it didn't cost Sacramento a ton of money uh, for what they got him for. You brought up a good point about HB in our side chat, which is something we forgot to mention in the last pod. I agree with you on both of those. I had I had Harrison on, on my list, but his availability. Dude is like yeah. Iron Man. He's always there. And, dude, yeah. if I'm looking to spend money, there's a lot of guys getting getting money. Like Kyrie got a bunch of money, and some of these other dudes, um, I'm trying to look here just right off the top of my head, are getting a bunch of money, and they ain't playing. Right, you you, mm-hmm. you you can't rely on them, or you know they're injury prone or whatnot. Not Harrison Barnes, dude. That guy's a stud. He's been playing a long time. He's a great starter. Like he's like a role player starter hybrid, right? He's a guy that's going to start mm-hmm. wherever he goes. Very few situations in the league where he's not going to start. He's he's like the unsung guy. Like nobody really, you know. And he's going to give you what? I'm I'm just guessing he's going to give you fifteen, six, and four a night. Something like that yeah. for, for all eternity, man. And he's smart and he's, you know, doesn't have an ego and he plays well within the, the framework of, of the, uh, you know, whatever they got going on in Sacramento, I think ain't going anywhere. You know, they, they mm-hmm. re-signed Sabonis on a big ass deal. They got Darren Foxes there. You know, they got, they went and got even made smart decisions like Alex Len. If only, you know, a casual NBA fan knows, has no idea who Alex mm-hmm. Len is, but he's a good backup, probably third rotational, um, center, you know, and, and, oh, yeah. and, and they know how important that stuff is. And, um, 
Yeah, so I think I think him signing is a is a big piece for Sacramento, and it's a smart signing. Brooke Lopez, that's the thing that 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 basically all the talk about the Bucks was they got to sign Middleton and they got to sign Lopez, have to resign, mm-hmm. and they did. And so you know for that reason, I agree with you um, on Lopez. I think Cam Johnson. And Brooklyn, yeah. this is not a homer pick. He's one of the guys I had as a good resign. He got 108 million dollars over four years. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I think he's yeah. he hell. He was he was uh you know what is he tore his ACL or Achilles or something year before last ACL ACL. Yeah. But he's a guy that I think is still young. I mean, Cam's probably 25 maybe, and um, I think he's like still a guy that his best years are ahead of him. And I think he's yeah. going to be a really important player. Uh, on that team for a long time, and he would be a guy. I mean, he reminds me a lot of Danny Green, like his his ability and his role and that sort of stuff. Um, and he's a guy that's going to play in the league for a long ass time because he can shoot. Oh yeah, and he's what six nine? Cam tall? Six seven? Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's six seven, six eight, yeah. somewhere in between there. Uh, you brought up. I, I want to clear this up. He had meniscus surgery. Uh, I think a year or two ago, mm-hmm. he might have torn his ACL at some point. But I think recently he had the meniscus surgery. Got it. So I didn't want to just say that without knowing. But yeah, we talked about this. DG's a great comparison, uh, and and we've talked about this on the chat. I thought that uh, Chris Middleton from uh, mm-hmm. Milwaukee would be like a guy if if he really continued to yep. improve, and we saw his path. He's some guy that I think could have a. I think Cam could have kind of a the same career path uh, as Chris if he continues to develop and get a lot better. Uh, Chris Middleton, during his you know injury-free time and kind of in his prime when he was with Milwaukee, uh, he was a go-to guy for them late in the game, got buckets, really good shooter. Uh, he's been dealing with a lot of injuries lately uh, and hasn't been available and uh, he's kind of hit a little decline, and I think that has a lot to do with, uh, you know, it's trying to get back into rhythm, getting back into shape after injuries and surgery, so it's hard to really get his rhythm, but uh, that is someone who Cam can definitely, you know, have a, a good model for where maybe a career path could be if he meets his expectations. Yeah, dude, Chris Middleton is a three-time All-Star, and he's a hell of a oh, yeah. player. So, I mean, like, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and look, man, you don't make $108 million if you're not a potential All-Star, and... and I agree with you. Um, and, and so, yeah. you know, I think in the Eastern Conference, especially, uh, you know, Brooklyn's roster right off the top of my head. I mean, they got Mikel Bridges. Um, uh, they've got, you know, they got some guys, but it'd be interesting to me, sidebar, whether Cam Thomas plays more this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really think that he could be the top the one or two guy on that roster. So I think that's a good re-sign. Um the other the there's a couple that are like I'm on the fence about Draymond. Like I really kind of feel like the Warriors like it's tough to call him bad re-sign. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like I, I I've gone on the record here saying I, I really like Draymond. I really do. I think he would have been a great sign maybe somewhere else. But I, you know the Warriors are in, in a weird spot. We can talk more about that later. So I'll, I'll pass on him. Um, the, my biggest my biggest signing for any team in the NBA was Derrick Rose going to the Grizzlies. They need him so bad to yeah. get in and 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 talk some sense into John ja Morant. Um, I felt like that was a brilliant signing because mm-hmm. they got him two years, six and a half million dollars. 
And if I'm Derek Rose, I mean, if I'm this, you know, GM, I'm like, dude, come in and just tell this kid, like, what he's fucking up, you know? And like, I, yeah. I, I just feel like, and I don't know if Derek Rose even wants to play that role. I don't, I, I don't know Derek Rose. Yeah. We've talked about how just incredible he was, but he's mm-hmm. the kind of guy where I would just theorize is telling John Morant, like, dude, you got pretty close to what I had, you know. It was mm-hmm. it was taken from me because I got hurt, right? I didn't do yeah. anything dumb, and I lost it mm-hmm. anyway. So, like, dude, shame on you for acting this way, you know, and not and failing to take advantage of something, you know, uh, that guy like me would would kill to have. So, I thought that was it stood out to me among all these, you know, signings. As not only was it a good signing because you get a good player, but you get a good player that fills a need for your team, and really, I think is going to change your. Uh, you, you're the team's mentality with with dipshit uh, Dylan Brooks out of there. He's gonna play in the in the start yeah. of the season, and then he's only six and a half million dollars. And and I still yeah, think it, that in today's money, that's that's a deal. Yeah, and also you can't place a value on having a good veteran. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of lead and show some of these guys, you know, how to be successful in the NBA. I think uh, I think D Rose is pretty quiet guy uh, I think the best leadership he'll bring is by how he how hard he works how he takes care of his body he's been through some injuries but also he's a hard worker uh, shows up to practice every day and I think mm-hmm. that uh, Memphis is kind of taking a step back because I kind of think they let the outside noise kind of get to him yep and you know everything that they've been associated with you know John Morant off the court issues and it seemed like Dylan Brooks was getting, you know, a few off the court issues and guys were going out, staying out late. And for a young emerging team, they need veteran leadership. And uh, God, I can't believe I'm blanking on the big guy they have there, uh, Adams. Oh, oh Stephen uh, Adams. Yeah. Stephen Adams. Uh, he, I think he's a good leader mm-hmm. as well. Um, he came out in the season and said, these guys are going out like we, we can't be going out at night and take this seriously. Like, yeah. And at some point it's going to catch up with you and the expectations that Memphis uh, has for this team and the amount of money they've put into it. Uh, you know, you've got to take it more, a little more professionally. Yeah. And you're kind of seeing this same situation with, with Zion a little mm-hmm. bit. And we've talked about it. Veteran leadership on these young teams is really undervalued in this NBA. And I, I, I couldn't uh, emphasize that enough, and that's a big reason why I thought when Biamba going to San Antonio, mm-hmm. uh, I was happy uh, because he's going to have a lot of good examples. But, yeah, I think uh, Derrick Rose to, to Memphis is a good fit. Yeah, they got an interesting roster. I mean, they went out and got Mark Smart. You know, they still got Jaron Jackson Jr. You know, Jaws only out 25 games. I mean, hell, the, all mm-hmm. they got to do is tread water for 25 games. I'm, I'm still just blown away that – that he didn't get more, um, but you know, good on them. And uh, so, yeah, they still have a, a strong roster, and and I think what they were missing last year, they get now, which is I, I think that Marcus Smart is a far more tolerable antagonist than Dylan Brooks was. He still brings that sort of mentality. And then um, you know, Derek Rose is a guy that you know is probably like you said, going to lead by example a little bit more, and, and they could certainly use that too. Um, there's you know, let's get over to the bad. All right. Mm-hmm. I narrowed my list down to six, and I couldn't I couldn't get rid of any of them because I've got justifications for all of them. At least one I know we agree on, most 99% sure two of them, 
And then the others I have what I feel is very solid justification for. So I'll go first this time so as not to uh, mm-hmm. steal the shade. Dylan Brooks, Fred Van Vliet. Those are two of the most like head scratchers I've ever seen. Dylan Brooks getting $80 million over four years. And we've already seen sort of like and and in um in Houston, right? Like yeah. Houston is a young team. And Houston got Van Vliet too. Like, I mean, Van Vliet's a good player. Mm-hmm. They got Jalen Green and they've got um Jabari Smith and they've got Sangoon. I mean, they've got young players. They got good young players. And Bringing Dylan Brooks in is just a head scratcher to me, man. I just don't like the guy. I don't think he's like, I think he's a fraud. I think all this stuff is just like, you know, this tough guy thing is his way of being relevant. And I just wonder how guys in the locker room, you know, really are going to feel about it. And $80 million is just, I just can't fathom that. Fred Van Vliet played well. Good player, whatever. $132 million, I think it was, over three mm-hmm. years, dude. He's getting paid more than uh I can't remember who it was, but it was like fucking Steph Curry getting, or somebody. He's making so much he's money. He's getting more than Kyrie. Yeah. Yeah. Substantially yep. more. I mean, dude's making forty three and a half million dollars a year. Like Fred Van yep. Vliet, dude. Come on. Now I know money's flying everywhere. All right. So anyway, we, we can go down that road. Here's my other four, and I'll be brief on them. Max Struess, can't even remember where the hell he signed. Um, Cleveland, I think. Four years, $63 million. Max Struess. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Grant, let me come back to him in a second. Because I like Jeremy Grant. I think Jeremy Grant's a great player, but we'll come back to him. Bruce Brown, great defender, great player. Two years, all these are <laughs> mostly money. Two years, $45 million for Bruce Brown? Seriously? Um, and then the other one is I'm gonna come back to 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 well it's true same thing it's like you're gonna give this guy who's relatively unproven four years sixty three million dollars holy shit man and then um the two that are most interesting to me are Grant and Nas Reed so Nas Reed got I like Nas Reed but three years forty two million dollars and you already committed to Gobert. And you already committed to Carl Anthony Towns. Like, why in the hell are you paying Nas Reed $42 million? And then the Jeremy Grant thing, I think Jeremy Grant's a good player, but five years, 160 mil. Okay. I was reading where that's double what he's worth. And the reason that that's such a bad signing is because that absolutely sealed the deal on, on Lillard going out of town. And and it was a really shitty situation because I bet Jeremy Grant's like, hell yeah, man, I'm getting paid and Lillard's still here. And by the time that ink was dry, Dame was like, yeah, I, I'd rather play in Miami. So those yeah. are my those are my reasons and rationales. Most of it has to do with money. And then, you know, everybody else, th- these guys are just, in, in most situations, I just think overpaid. Like Fred Van Vliet has got to be an MVP candidate at that, at that price tag. He's got to be a guy that's like an a, a all-star starter. And he's done. Uh-huh. I I agree with you, Sleep. And Van Fleet, I only had three people on my list, and Van Fleet was one of them. Uh, three years, 130 mil. Uh, he has a lot of miles. He's not young. Uh, also, he's been a little inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I think he was a second. Was he a second rounder or undrafted? He I'm was, not he, sure. I don't think he was undrafted, but I'll find out. Um. I'm just not sold on him. I think with that type of money, when you bring a guy, you expect him to immediately change um, 
undrafted. Kind of the he went undrafted. Yeah, like you, right. I, I feel shit. like you change the perspective of your team and you give them a lot of motivation. I don't, I don't think Van Fleet's that guy. Uh, just to be no, no disrespect, he's done a very good job, uh, but he's not that. And this, this might catch a few people off guard, but I'm not too big on the Kyrie uh, signing. And the reason I say that is because Kyrie's been, uh, you know, he's been a voice or, you know, he, there's been a lot of off the court, you know, debates or issues with Kyrie. And it didn't seem like him and Luca were, were having a good, smooth transition when he did come to the team. And also the record with him, I think, was even, mm-hmm. even worse. And it didn't really look like it was going to work. And the reason I think uh, it could be a bad sign is because there was a lot of rumors he was going to L.A. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like he wanted to go to L.A. Uh, and then, you know, you want a guy on your team that wants to be on the team and it's not looking for a different situation when things go uh, bad. But also, to me, I think you want Luka as that main guy for the years. And I'm not saying that's not going to be the case. I'm just saying when you bring a, do- a ball-dominant guard like Kyrie, I feel like you're taking the ball a little bit out of Luka's uh, hands. But also, he could use some weight taken off of him, mm-hmm. but I think that's not the uh, the way to go about it. Yeah, I thought about Kyrie because, I mean, it's no secret that I ain't a fan of Kyrie. And um, I think that uh, but you can't ignore the value you get if he's playing. You got to figure that, all right, COVID's behind us, so we don't have to worry about that. You know, mm-hmm. the chance, there's one big chance of him doing something dumb. Um, you know, he can definitely uproot the locker room. I wouldn't sign him. I wouldn't sign him at all. Yeah. I just let him walk. But when you're going to pay Fred Van Vliet that kind of money, and I think they got Kyrie cheaper, I mean, I don't like Kyrie, but he is a whole nother universe beyond Fred Van Vliet. And if they can make it work, and also Cuban ain't stupid, he's going to sell tickets, right? They're going to stay relevant. Luca's really young, right? Um, and I also, I also think at the end of the day, Kyrie's tradable. You know, and I think they know that, hey, man, if the shit hits the fan and he wants out of here, we'll get him out of here. Somebody will take him, right? And uh, he's just too talented to, like, pass up. And in a... In a free agency, there were a lot of players on available, but there it wasn't it wasn't like uh, you know a couple years ago when like every single star in the NBA's contract termed at the yeah. end of the thing. So I mean, you got Lillard, you got Harden out there, and you know I think uh, I think those guys are uh, and who knows, man? Maybe maybe I mean Cuban's a smart guy. I mean maybe he signed him because mm-hmm. he knew that. You know, I would imagine Kyrie's probably got like a no trade clause, but they might have they might have talked that out. I didn't I didn't really read through the specifics, and I I do think he's a piece that I God you got to think that at a certain point, like he's got to get it. He's a really smart guy. He's got to understand that. Hey, man, like I've been a lot of places now, and 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 the word is like I'm the problem, you know. And some <laughs> piece of that's got to creep into his mind, and him have to think about it. So I would say that he's less risky now than he's been in five years. But <laughs> like you said, yeah. I mean, I ain't, I ain't trusting him really until he gives me a reason to. So, but one thing's for sure, dude, the allure of having who could be in any given season, an MVP and the point guard and who has already proven that he could be an MVP, you know, at the two or the three and, and Luca is like, you know, I get it, I guess, but I'm with you. That was what just it was. It was too many we- reasons I could justify that, uh, even though I don't yeah. like Kyrie to, to to keep him on. But but what about the UNC guys? So we got Harrison Barnes, uh, we got Cam, we got Kobe. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So I kind of broke it down. We, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, first of all, we'll, we'll touch on Cam Johnson. All right. Signed with the Nets. The Nets came out right before free agency and said, Cam is our number one target. And sometimes you'll see in free agency, uh, teams come out and say, this is who we're targeting. This is who's going to be our number one guy in free agency. And then things happen. It doesn't really pan out. Uh, but it looked like they backed it up. They gave him four years, $108 million, all guaranteed, average annual salary of $27 million per year. He's had a good NBA career like we talked about. A big reason to this, he shot uh, 30, uh, 37% from the three-point range last year, uh, so there's a high value on three-point shooting right now uh, in every league in basketball. So he's going to bring that, and also he's a very good defender, has size, experience as well. So I think that's a great signing. Um, and then I'll move on to Harrison Barnes, three years, fifty-four million, and I've got it right here with eighteen mil, eighteen mil, eighteen mil, um, basically chopped up per year. But he also has a trade kicker. So if he were to get traded that year, uh, he would get ten percent more uh, of that uh, that year's salary. So which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got a little trade kicker. One point eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. And so this is, uh, let me see, how many, he's 31 years old. How many seasons has Harrison been in the NBA? But He was one and done. Carolina. Yeah, he, I mean, he's getting some years. Mm-hmm. He's been there. But I do have this for you, Sleep, and this is a question. By the end of this contract, in 2026, when this contract uh, expires, how much money do you think Harrison will have made in the NBA. I'm not going to look it up. You said this contract is 54 mil? 54 mil, 18, 18, 18 per year. My Hopefully that equals 54. <laughs> My guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yes. My guess is 200 just sticks out in my mind. It will be just over $220 million wow. at the end of this contract. He has done unbelievable job. He's also flown a little bit under the uh-huh. radar. Uh, not a lot of, uh, you know, he doesn't get the hype he probably deserves, but man, he's done really good. And, uh, you know, I'm happy for him. Uh, he's definitely a guy who puts a lot of work in and also, uh, he's not a high drama guy. You don't hear about him going out or doing things. He is a hard worker, but the last guy, uh, that was a big deal in free agency. And this one kind of popped up. I was monitoring it because, you know, going in to the NBA draft, uh, you know, four years ago, Kobe White was a, a player that a lot of teams had targeted and said, this guy's going to have, you know, a, a good NBA future, which mm-hmm. he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was seeing, because he's kind of, the playing time has been a little inconsistent and a little bit has to do with um, their old coach, Boylan, um, mm-hmm. Jim Boylan, who I played for, and he can be a little up and down. I wasn't always the biggest fan, but, you know, that happens. But they gave him uh, three years, $33 million guaranteed. And with incentives, this could get to the $40 million range uh, if he meets those incentives. So this is a big deal for him. It shows that uh, Chicago still believes 
and uh, they want Kobe back. And this deal got done pretty soon, so that's always a great sign. And I'm happy for him. And I think that he'll get more playing time definitely and exceed these expectations uh, because Lonzo Ball recently came yep. out and he's going to be done for the all of next year. Mm-hmm. And who knows if he'll get healthy enough to get back on the court. I hope he does. I know he's been going through it. hasn't played basketball in a long time. But uh, I see Kobe doing big things in Chicago. So last year, I mean, Kobe's uh, Kobe's 27 and a half minutes. So to your point, you know, he's a rotational guy. He's not a starter. Uh, shoots mm-hmm. it good clip 44 43 percent from the field 38 and a half from three three assists three rebounds a game half a steal you know I mean so th- uh, he's averaging 13 a game Kobe White's 23 years old man like, young guy he's just one of those guys that you think is 28 29 he's he's 23 years old so oh yeah this could be a huge I think I think you're right man like he's he's easily still a guy that can break out a 23 Super athletic. Like guys mm-hmm. like Steph didn't, I don't think Steph broke out to his third or fourth year. He's like 25, you know? So, no. And, and look, that doesn't mean that these guys are going to turn into Steph Curry, but I think if you're realistic, everybody's got recency bias. If you go back and look at Giannis and some of these guys and when they first really became a star, like everybody's used to Luka, who's, who's young and, and, uh, you know, even guys like KD that are LeBron that, okay, these guys are generational talents, but there's a lot of mm-hmm. really, really good guys that don't really, you know, uh, blossom until, you know, they've been in the league five or six years. So you, I mean, you see it with Darren Fox, like he came on the scene this this past year and you know he's still a pretty young guy I think he's 25 so um yeah man I think I think the Kobe White thing is really interesting I think Cam is 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 definitely uh in the running to be an all-star uh at least once um the only other interesting one for me is uh the Austin Reeves situation uh the dude went from being you know, an unknown, like sign a two way contract as an undrafted guy. And now he's got a four year deal, $56 million. Mm-hmm. Look, man, if, if what we've seen from him is who he is, then I think that's a steal. But, uh, you know, he's a heady player. He's smart. He plays with passion. He's like, but, but does, is Austin Reeves that good on a team that doesn't have LeBron James, for example, or Anthony Davis? Like, is he that good in Houston or in Memphis or in Chicago? I don't know. I don't know if he's $54 million good, but in the right situation, I mean, I think that's, uh, you know, he'll be a tough guy to dump at some point, I think. And there may be player options, right? I don't know if that 54 is, I think that 54, 56, whatever it is. I think they gave him the highest guarantee he could get. Oh, it's guaranteed. And I'm not big on that signing. The only reason I say that is because, um, I'm not sold, and I think it's just a quick – you'll see sometimes in the NBA these guys pop up real quick, mm-hmm. have a great half-a-season season, and they get paid. Uh, just the right timing happened for this. Um, but uh, I'm with you. It seems like uh, LeBron and uh, Anthony Davis were kind of in and out of rotations all year. And so somebody's got to score. Somebody had to step yeah. up. And listen, he probably earned that contract. But if those guys were healthy, would he have had the year that he had? I'm not sure. Uh, but – the the I still have a big question mark about this one, this signing, but it will be answered yeah. in years to come to yeah. see you know what they do. There's a lot of pressure on LA and Anthony Davis, by the way. Yep. Uh, 
I think uh, he's got to live up to that. He's got to be more consistent uh, with being on the court and being healthier, being available. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I think his perspective, his uh, perspective outside mm-hmm. of LA, people are starting to wonder a little bit. So I think uh, this might be a little revenge here for uh, AD. Yeah, everybody talks about a sophomore slump too with these guys. So that'll be really interesting. Like you got a whole off season to game plan for a guy like Austin Reeves, like. You know, how effective is he going to be now that people he's not catching people by surprise anymore? Uh, that was a big talking point this year when, uh, you know, early part of the year when Scotty Barnes was struggling a little bit. Another guy I think is a just absolute stud. Uh, anyway, Damian Lillard is is kind of, you know, we'll get out of here on this one, is, uh, you know, he's, he's basically forcing his way out of Portland. And it's really interesting because they've, they've, been, they've been doing nothing for like two years. So they got Scoot Henderson coming in, who I think was definitely the pick over Brandon Miller. And, I mean, I like Brandon Miller, but Scoot, that dude, you just look at that guy and you're like, dude, that guy's going to be good. You don't even have to watch mm-hmm. his tape. So, I mean, who knows? We don't know. Nobody knows. But, um, you know, I think they got outstanding player in him. Have a great role player that is dramatically overpriced in Jeremy Grant. Shadon Sharp mm-hmm. is super athletic, kind of like an heir apparent potentially. Um, you know, for now it'd be a poor man's dame. It is interesting mm-hmm. to me. Like, I get that Damian Lillard doesn't want to like rebuild. Uh, like, I, I guess you, you'd be a fool to think that that Portland's going to go after somebody. Um, they could have signed someone. You know, I think they probably could have gotten gotten Grant for half the price and and signed any number of these guys. They could have signed Harrison Barnes. They could have signed Draymond Green. Um, you know, any number of these guys and and didn't. So I see why he's leaving. Miami seems like a foregone conclusion, but you know, if I'm Portland, I'm like, dude, I'm already limited now in what I can get for you. I can't make you any promises that I'm trading your ass where you want to go. Um, that's one of the things. It'll be interesting to me to see where he lands. I mean, there's only, I think, four teams that can really afford him. Yeah, so I heard, uh, well, in 2026 and 2027, he's going to make, he's guaranteed, uh, he has a player option to make $63 million and some change. <sighs> so that is a, that will take a significant chunk out of the, the team's uh, salary. Uh, probably end up, whoever has him, be into that luxury tax zone. Mm-hmm. But, just keeping up, and I've been keeping an eye on this Lillard situation because he's one of my favorite players to watch in the league. Uh, and to me, he's a top five player. And he's been one of those guys that I haven't get to I haven't been able to watch enough because he plays in yep. Portland. The games come on near midnight, and you know, they, they end around two sometimes. So it's been tough to watch him a lot. But I have heard that he is directly saying, I want to go to Miami. Mm-hmm. He's trying to force a trade to Miami. And Miami apparently doesn't – he wants to play with uh, Jimmy Butler. Um, and who else is there? Well, they got Hero not, there. Yeah, I think Oh, uh, that, Bam out of bio. I think that might be I, – I think they might have to move Hero yep. and Bam. I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see if they're willing to part ways with Bam because – Bam, to me, has kind of been a staple player for them. Yeah, as, I don't as think they can like move Bam. Everything. I don't think Bam is part of the talks. They, they, the, the biggest thing is, will, will, will Miami want to get rid of Hero? So I'm reading this thing right here, and it's saying, this is Bleacher Report, uh, Yusuf Nurik, Kyle Lowry. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Dame and Nurik, Nurchich, whatever. For Kyle Lowry, Hero, Jamie Jacquez Jr., 
tradable 30 days after signing a rookie deal. 26 first-round pick swap, 27 first-round pick, 28 first-round pick swap, and 29 first-round pick swap. So basically, it's not four firsts. It's only one first and two swaps. But the but but I think a lot of people are really high on Jamie Jacquez Jr. He's out of UCLA and he's like a I think he was a senior, um, played all four years there and was on some really good teams and I think people really like him. And then Hero, but you got to remember, like this doesn't sound like a fair haul for Damian Lillard, but you got to remember how long Portland sat on it. I don't think yep. I don't think they're going to get Bam. The other team they were talking about is the Nets for Ben Simmons, Cam Thomas, Dayron. Tar Heel, first round, first round, first round, just a shitload of picks. I don't, I don't see him going to the Nets. I don't think he would like that. I don't, I don't see Portland willingly taking Ben Simmons either. No. I mean, he he's going to take up a contract, and that guy they that, might be able to cut him. A, man, he's had a whole. I mean, we. That, I mean, there's a lot of uh, stuff we could. Uh, so here's really good scope on him. It says that Ben Simmons' contract is far from ideal, but it's necessary for salary matching under the collective bargaining agreement, and it expires in 25. Lillard's doesn't until 27. So you can mm-hmm. dump his contract sooner. I think Cam Thomas is an interesting play, and I think Dayron Sharp. I mean, dude, Dayron Sharp's still super young. I think he's 22 yep. or 23, right? Um, that could be interesting. And it said the article says that Dame wants to go to either Miami or Brooklyn. Those are the two places he wants to go. I'm looking here. It says the Knicks for R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, Fournier, and a bunch of picks. That That's interesting. I mean, anytime a, a guy like him could potentially go to New York. And then the last one is the Jazz. These are the four teams that can trade for him, right? Everybody yeah. else basically can't. So, um, yeah, that's uh, – the Knicks doesn't make a lot of sense for the – you know, because if he's – Okay, like he'd basically be in Portland. Portland's, you know, roster in New York City, which would probably be a little better, but if he wants to win Miami and, and in Brooklyn, you're right. I mean, like, you know, unless you think you there's, can carry him, I don't know. There's one team that I think if Dane would be willing to go uh, play for, I think they would make a bunch of roster moves to try to make it happen, and I think that's Philly. I think Philly is on the clock. I think uh, Embiid's going to get anxious mm-hmm. if they have another disappointing year. They've already fired their coach, mm-hmm. uh, and I think Lillard, that would be a really good fit. Uh, I've always said I don't think the Philly fans deserve Lillard, mm-hmm. uh, the way they treat their players up yeah. front. Uh, but, uh, you I wonder know, if they it, could trade it, Harden for him. I don't know if that works. I have no clue. It, but Probably not. Um, but yeah, that would be, uh, I think Lillard, all things basketball wise, Lillard fills a really interesting role in the Raptors right now. The Raptors have like a very solid young starting core. And now that they've gotten rid of Van Vliet, I mean, they got Scotty Barnes, they got Siakam, they got Ananobi. Um, they got, they got good players. I know that I, 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 I think I know your, your stance on, on up, being up there in Toronto. I just, I'm just talking about strictly from their roster standpoint. Yeah. I think they're an intriguing team that if they were in a different location would be, would be pretty fun. He, he'll never go there. I get that. But, uh, I, I, I like a lot of their players. I, I love Toronto, by the way, guys, I just don't think, uh, Toronto is a contender with him. And I think mm-hmm. he wants to go to a super team. Yeah. Yeah, well, Miami would be hella interesting, him and Jimmy. Yeah. But uh, 
Anyway, man, there's all kinds of uh, all kind. We're getting close to football, so we'll see. Um, we need, we really need sports to throw us a bone here. We're talking about ketchup for a half an hour on here, but uh, whatever. Make a ketchup sandwich out of it. You got anything else, Big Hawk? Stay safe. Stay safe.